0: Hey, what's up, and welcome back to the Heading for Home podcast. Today's guest is Christian Lopez. So, Christian played with me in 2011 in Southern Maryland. Great catcher, great teammate, a guy that you loved being around. Um, Brought a lot of fire to the game. One of those guys that, again, you connect with and, and loved your time playing with this guy. So, it was great kind of catching up with him today because he also has a podcast called Behind the Masculinity. And, you know, he was a six round draft pick out of Miami, Florida, high school guy. You know, all-world type catcher on a great high school team goes to play in, in minor league baseball and all of a sudden you know the, the real world gets there and so there's there's an adjustment period so his podcast behind the masculinity really allows him to kind of open up and talk about what that's been like post baseball and that kind of runs hand in hand to what we're doing here in our podcast as well so really fun conversation hope you enjoy thanks Dude, it's good to see oh, you. It's so good, oh man. my god. So good. It 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 just felt good to
1: hug somebody again, yeah, man. It just felt good to hug you, man, and you're a good hugger, man. You yeah. you were one of those dudes that, you know, that I mean, which I mean m- most if not all of those dudes that we played with yeah. in in Southern Maryland were those kind of dudes where it's just like just good group of guys, man. Yeah. So, it just
0: it just felt good to see you, see another good dude again yeah. and, and be able to get that hug. Yeah, you, I felt the same. It's funny. That was that was a cool group. Like that dude, was that was different interesting um, we had a nice mix we had guys who were hard asses we had guys mm-hmm. who were mellow you know we brought up Virgil earlier mm-hmm. um, you know it was it was a good blend and I think everybody kind of knew where they fit mm-hmm. and knew what they brought to the table and so it was, it was fantastic absolutely dude,
1: and it, it was cool because and I think this is the same for every clubhouse, just like it is in high school and just like any at a, at a company, you're always going to have your little cliques and you yep. have your little, you know, relief pitchers and your starters and, you know, your catchers and your outfielders. And everybody had their the Latinos, yeah. and the black guys, like everybody, you know, everywhere you go, they can, there's kind of like their cliques. But with that team, even though there was a, those little cliques, like we all just I don't know, man, it was just it was great. Like it's 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 better than any team chemistry that i've ever been a pop- yeah. part of and i'm sure some of that has to do with being in being in indie ball yeah where you're just you're not playing to try to move up you're not try- obviously yeah. you're trying to get back into affiliated yep. ball but at that point you know a lot of those guys are kind of like the, on the latter part of their careers and they're just playing because they, we don't know what else to do it's yeah. like this is what i love to do and I'm, i can still do it so why not get paid to do it and i think that has a lot to do with it like you're not playing to Reach the big leagues you're not playing to move up you're just playing because i just i just fucking love to play
0: i know and, and the funny thing is you bring that up you throughout the my minor league career there were times where i felt competitive with teammates which is not a healthy place mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. i did not feel that there yeah i felt like no. like you said you wanted to win i wanted to win yeah. you know bick and doe wanted to win we all wanted to win so we'd find yeah. a way to come together and compete yeah. and that's why that group was so successful and made it fun
1: Absolutely, and that, and that's what it was. It was fun. Like we didn't. I don't think we ever won. Yeah, we didn't. We got to the finals. You I think to the finals. maybe a couple yep. times, yep. but we never won it. But even still, it was just it was fun, dude.
0: dude it was fantastic. It was fun. I I know. It was. Yeah. I know it was good. Yeah. All right. So take tell me about your baseball story. I, I know you're drafting sixth round out of yeah, high school, man. but get, but give me the backstory. What was it like as a kid? For sure. Yeah. Um, I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's go
1: all the way back. Yeah. So, one of the one of the stories I love to tell. Um, I think I started when I was like five or six. Okay. Uh, Hialeah Athletic Association. that's HA that's kind of like the breeding ground for like, the kids were going to go out and be really good high school players yeah. and then eventually go to college and then eventually, you know, go play pro. But, you know, that was a, that was one of those little leagues where it was just like you saw a lot of good talent there, obviously at a young age, but that's where I first started. And one of my very first practices, like I had played with my dad in the backyard, we played catch and, you yeah. know, hit the ball or whatever, but one of my, I've never played organized. So one of my very first practices, you know, they stuck me out in the outfield. They're like, oh, it's the new guy. He doesn't yeah. really know yet. Let's, <laughs> let's put him out there where he can't get hurt. Yeah. So they put me out there. I was like, and I'm left fielder something and we were taking batting practice it was t-ball and one of my teammates is rocking in my direction and i was just like i got this yeah i got this like i I play catch in the backyard with dad. i know what (laughs) i'm doing i got this so i just lined it up dude and it was at night so the lights were on lined it up and i thought i had it i was just like oh it's coming right there and i don't know if it got lost in the lights i don't know if maybe i just i don't know i just messed up but dude i took it whack right off the front of my mouth oh my god like knocked out my two front teeth i i Obviously, I still have vivid memories of this, but one of my most vivid memories of this was getting home to my mom and my dad being, hey, I don't know what he said, but he's like, hey, look, uh, this kind of happened to your son. And my mom, of course, was hysterical. Oh, what the fuck? What happened? What'd you do? <laughs> yeah. And after her, like, her hysteria kind of calmed down, she like got the camera, she's like, all right, come on we got to take a picture of this yeah so there's a picture of me with my mouth just huge swollen just going like that and like my two front teeth missing (laughs) i haven't seen the picture in years but i remember looking through photo albums and like coming across and i was like how would you take a picture of this mom she's like i don't know i feel like we would but i I was so glad that she did yeah right i came across it so that was one of my first experiences out on a baseball field you know started in little league obviously got a lot better um from there went on to play at uh Highlight high school okay. which again another another great school yeah. uh, always good really good play- baseball players we actually won states uh back-to-back years 2001 2002 and then got back to the finals i think it was or at least to the final four in 2003 so we were good yeah uh, one of my uh former high school teammates was Joe gonzalez who actually oh, yeah, just, yeah, just retired I actually
0: played with him with the phillies for a short bit yeah
1: so he just retired but yeah one one of my good teammates. Uh, the year before me, um, our pitcher slash DH got drafted in the fourth round by the Reds. I got drafted in the sixth round after him. So just a really good team. I uh, <laughs> think another one of my teammates was drafted in the seventh round the year, or the year before me as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just really loaded. good team. Yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. We're really good, really good. So played there for a couple of years, and. Around that time, like it seems like now there's so much more emphasis on like travel ball, on like showcases, yep. like more than there was back then. I know perfect game was around back then because I had heard of it yeah. while playing in high school. But, you know, and I played on summer travel teams and stuff like that, but I never I never really got a lot of attention in high school. Yeah. You know, I, I never I was never really that guy that stood out. You know, I didn't have a bunch of scouts and a bunch of people, you know, college coaches coming to my games and talking to my parents and stuff. But there was one game, my senior year, Geo uh, was pitching that game, yeah. so he a bunch of people yep. uh, coming out to watch him, and that game, dude, I didn't hit a lot of home runs in my career overall, even in high school, but that day I hit one of the biggest bombs I've ever hit. <laughs> I, I don't I don't <laughs> know what timing. I did. I just yeah. got a fastball <laughs> yeah. and I closed my eyes and I swung really hard, and I'm I mean I crushed it. And we were playing at um Mark Light Stadium, which oh, is yeah, where, the, Miami. Yeah, where yeah. Miami, plays. Yeah. So I've been dude, there many times. Dude, I crushed this ball like over the like crushed it crushed it dude um and then after that game i think people kind of started to notice like oh who's this who's this christian lopez kid like we came here to see Gio, but we we hadn't really heard of this kid then after that is when i noticed and that was my senior year like that wasn't even my sophomore junior or anything like that was my senior year like maybe halfway through the season so after that is when scouts started coming out and like talking to my parents, I started getting letters from, from universities and schools, like, yep. hey, we're interested in you, you're a good student, you're a good athlete, yada, yada. So that's when I started to get a lot of, that, uh, of attention. And of course, I had always had a dream yeah. of being a professional baseball player, but I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know like there's my, another funny story, when I was younger, uh, I was getting into this argument with my cousin, who her brother actually got drafted by the Astros in like the second round, back okay. in like the early '90s, yeah. and he, I just heard stories that this dude mashed, like he yeah. mashed. So I was talking to her one day about baseball, and I was just like, "No, I'm in the minor leagues. I'm in the, She's like, "You're not in the minor leagues." I was like, "Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm in the minor <laughs> leagues." Like I thought, like playing little league was like minor yeah, leagues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember getting into this argument with her, and then I called my dad and I asked him. I was like, "Hey, I'm in the minor leagues, right?" He's like. He's like, no, no, papo, like, no, you're you're just in little league, but one day, one day yeah, you'll get to my yeah, yeah, exactly. league. But I'll never forget that. Um, so he was right. He was right. He yeah. was right. He was right. Someday I would get there. So you know, didn't have a lot of attention in high school. Then I hit that home run, started getting getting that attention. I even got some attention from like some pretty prestigious uh, academic school: um, Vanderbilt, nice. Dartmouth, Stanford, Beautiful. Harvard, Columbia. Like, so you had good grades. Obviously. I had good grades. I was yeah. a good student, but dude, my senior year. I honestly don't remember do, doing an ounce of work. Oh, wow. Like, I had Spanish class my senior year, and I'm a fluent Spanish speaker, <laughs> yeah. and I failed Spanish class. Oh, come on. Because I, I was skipping the whole yeah, time. Yeah, I was exactly. skipping to go see my girlfriend, and, like, yeah. it was just... I don't remember doing any work my senior year, but I graduated. I had good grades, had good test scores, so I was getting this attention from these schools. Um, but I was... If I was gonna go to school, uh, I was I was gonna go to a uh, JUCO, yeah. Because because I wanted to, I didn't I didn't want to go to school, you know. Yeah. I wanted to play baseball. So with, with JUCO, you can go for a year, yep. you can be eligible again, go the yep. next year, be eligible. So, you know, I was just like, all right, if I go to school, uh, I'm just gonna go to JUCO. JUCO uh, Broward uh, Community College had offered me up, a, a, and a they're ride. loaded every year, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, and they're I a, f- another one yeah. of those good South Florida like yeah. JUCOs like yeah. are just loaded all the time. So that's where I was gonna go if I hadn't signed. Talked to it, uh, talked to, uh, to my parents about it. Obviously, my dad was very, you know, he, he preached an education, but he was very, like, I want you to go be Beautiful. a professional yeah, like, yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. That was his thing. And then my mom, of course, being a mom, she was like, you know, I've always wanted to get you, you didn't get an education. I've always stressed that, but this is something that you've worked really hard for. So... You know, I'm not going to tell you go one way or the other. You do, you do whatever you want to do. You yeah. know, and I support you either way. Which was, looking back at it now, I was, I was very grateful for it then too. But yeah. just having parents like that, man, that oh, just huge. support you either way, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. I was so blessed in that sense where. Where I just had really good parents. Yeah. But that's still fantastic. have really good parents. So so yeah, my mom, you know, we talked about it and then I was just like, no nah, I wanna go play baseball. And yeah. so I was just like, all right, I'm gonna sign. So I signed out of high school, got drafted in the sixth round, and that pretty much started my career. Yeah. That started my career with the Rays. Um I it they I got drafted in 03 in June of oh three and the day of the draft they had called me and they said hey uh we're thinking about taking you you know in this our six our first picks coming up in the sixth round we're thinking of taking you there would you would you sign i was like yeah sure what's what's the signing bonus and they told me they told me 175 yeah and i was just like yeah yeah Fuck. i'll sign for 175 (laughs) that's more money than i ever (laughs) made in my freaking life yeah and i was like yeah for sure i'll sign and then i get drafted in first pick in the in the sixth round and first phone call i get they're like like one thirty or yeah. something like that. I was like, "Come on, dude! You just told me like yeah, I know, right? You on, told you just, me. Come on!" So I was like, "No!" Like I was like, "No!" And at that time, I didn't have an agent. Yeah. um Shout out to my agent, Gavin Con. He he was a fir- he was my I was his first client. Yeah. So that was part of me that where I was kind of like, "Ah, oh, this guy's never really done this. He's kind of new. Like, what could he do for me? Yada yada." But he had, dude, he had been on me, like coming to all my games and like talking to me, talking to my parents, like just being so persistent. And just based on that alone, how persistent he was, I was like, I gotta give this guy a shot. Yep. I gotta give this guy a shot. And plus when Tampa came in with that lower offer, they probably knew I didn't have an agent. So yep. they're like, oh, let's see what we can sign this guy yep. for. And plus it's Tampa, like, you yeah, know. No, yeah, you're, not, you're not getting they're, the, they're the end. They're they're, yeah, they're yeah, frugal. Exactly. So, so he came in and negotiated. We got, got it back up to that 175. So I was happy with that, but. Ended up signing, um, but since that took a little bit longer, um, I didn't sign until August, so I pretty much missed the whole season, the whole rookie ball season. So my first taste of pro ball was Instructional League that year in in October of uh, 2003. So I went to Instructional League for about a month, uh, did my thing there, worked on some stuff, then came back the next year, uh, regular spring training extended spring training and then the season I was just like and then Princeton and then Princeton dude oh it was and it was funny because you know I was I was this young kid out of high school I thought I thought it was a shit I thought my shit didn't sink and I thought that getting invited to regular spring training, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make low A. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna go to Charleston. Yeah. I'm gonna go to the Sally League. <laughs> and I was just like, Yeah. So spring training comes so, to an end. Were you eighteen at the time? I was eighteen and I had just just turned nineteen. I think in instructional league. Okay, I had got turned it. nineteen. Okay, got yeah. It. yeah. So I get invited to regular spring training and in my mind I was like, Oh, that's cause I'm gonna go to yeah. so the Sally League. Yeah. They're not gonna have me go to regular spring training and extended too. Yeah so when the end of spring training comes around it's like not nah, you're gonna you're gonna stay back at extended and i'm like man fuck <laughs> like if if you guys for any non-baseball listeners out there extended spring training is is long yeah it's long and if you couple that with a regular spring training and, extended, yeah. and it can be instructs long. Like, and inst- and instructs that's yeah. it's a long season yes that is that's a long <laughs> season so so i went to instructs went to princeton my first year had a pretty good year um I think I might have battled an injury slightly there, but nothing, nothing major. But I think I had like 100 at bats, not even. I think I hit like 280, had a couple home runs, some RBIs, but not, not really a big expo- exposure in um, in rookie ball for my first year. I think I was splitting time with with a, another catcher there. Yeah. So I only had 100 at bats in whatever you know, four, uh, 80 games or yeah. I don't know, whatever it is that we play there. So I didn't have a ton of at bats. But that was enough for them to be like, okay, we, we like this kid. And then the next year I got invited back to regular spring training. And then I skipped the New York Penn League and went straight to uh, lowe which was the Midwest League. So uh, I, th- I forgot what team they are now. It's not the Southwest Michigan Devil Rays anymore. But went, went straight there. So that was that was a pretty good sign. Like this kid had just yeah, gone out of high sure. school. Yeah. I was 19, 20 years old. I didn't have a lot of at-bats in, in rookie ball. To get bumped up to, to lowe was a big deal and then got to low weight, started off the year really well i think i was back hitting like you know right around like 300 or so and then i had a hammock bone injury oh gosh yeah no
0: those are brutal dude
1: and i had i felt it on a swing i felt it on one swing and i was just like couldn't hold the bat in my hand so the next couple pitches i tried to bunt and my coaches were like what the fuck are you doing yeah yeah. he's like i don't know man i just felt this thing and then i went out to catch and first ball that i caught it kind of caught it in the palm a little bit oh dude i saw stars and i was like i can't something's wrong with me Went to the doctor, finally figured out it was a hammock bone, done for the rest of the season. So I finished that season with, I don't know, maybe 100 at-bats again, yeah. like not that much. So lost that season. I think I went to Instructional League again. Uh, went back to the, to the Midwest League the following year. And then ever since then, just just wasn't really the same. And I'm not blaming it on my injury, course, but yeah. just after that, like I had pretty I had a pretty decent you know, sample size in, in rookie ball, pretty decent sample size in low A. And then the next year, I never, just never really hit. Like defense was always my thing. Yep. I was always a good defender. A too. Yeah, I had a good arm. I worked well with pitchers. Um, yep. That was always my thing. But the, it was the offensive part that always kind of held me back. And I could just never, never get back on track. Like I had spurts and streaks where I was hitting the ball really well. And then I would just and I would just slump. And I think what really hurt me was was the mental side of that. Yeah. I think that's sure. what really yeah hampered me most of my career if not all of my career was just handling those slumps handling the downtimes. i was never really good at that i always I was one of those guys where every time i'd slump i thought i had to change something yeah i thought i had to change my stance or change my hands or <laughs> do leg kick or do no leg I was, kick or do I this. was the same way man dude, it, oh uh, it's brutal dude. just utter panic oh it's brutal yeah, yeah. panic button right oh, away gosh. i thought i was terrible i yeah. thought I was
0: terrible yeah um and the the ham a bone's so weird because it comes out of nowhere you yeah. know like yeah there's it's just like you're taking a swing you feel yeah. fine you're right on it you fouled off and it's like oh my dude, gosh what happened seething pain yeah and, seething. And, you know yeah. obviously we've, we've all known a bunch of people that have it but mm-hmm. I, I just gotta imagine do you do you think about it again like when you're swinging later of like this could go at any time oh totally yeah
1: dude i, I was just reading recently i forgot who it was but <sighs> I'm blanking on it, but somebody had a hammock bone. They got surgery, and then they were back playing, like, in 30-something days. I was like, dude, when I had my hammock bone, like, I had, I missed the rest of the year. I had to go. I kept rehabbing it, and uh, I think even in instructional league, I went back there, and they were, like, rehabbing it, and they were, like, taking their time with it. And I don't know. Like, I still, for a long time, I still had, like, a little pain. Like, obviously, it was better, but I still had that just annoying little thing right there where I couldn't really hold the knob of the bat right there. I had to hold it up a little higher. Yeah, that's interesting. And it was always just nagging persistent Gosh, there so like to hear a guy coming back in like 30 in a month is just like crazy yeah it was always it was persistent
0: persistent there for like almost a year and like you said the, the mental side of that because it's so easy to say oh yeah you're healthy again it's like yeah, yeah okay i'm healthy and yeah. i don't feel healthy right now or if i do feel healthy there's always that five percent of like course. is it going to go again yeah. you know because it because there was no warning sign before of course so why yeah. wouldn't it potentially go again and and yeah. that's a weird injury i've like i said been around some people that had it and it's yeah. just it random
1: yeah and it just comes out of nowhere it's not like oh man it's not like a hamstring like oh my hamstring is kind of sore and then you go yeah. out and it's just like oh i should have known it's just like yeah it's like you don't
0: feel anything and then one swing yeah, or, to the next or tommy john where it's like yeah, yeah i threw a thousand just, innings and pops. like here it comes yeah. or like yeah. i threw five million sliders in a row you yeah know, like, this, exactly it's this is a whole different thing so that's yeah. interesting yeah. that happened but okay so you, you're you're recovering from that. What is what's kind of the next step? Like how do you get back?
1: Um, so actually that season I forgot to mention this. Before I had the hammock bone, I had a really high ankle sprain where I went to go this was first month of the season maybe, I went to go field a bunt in front of the plate. And for some reason I tried to be so quick that I when I went down to field it, my like my right ankle got caught kinda like this oh, yeah. and I went down with all my weight and my ankle kind of stayed like that. Oh jeez. Dude, I thought I had broken it because I heard something pop. Yeah so i picked it up and i went to go throw the first and i went to go plant my foot and i just airmailed, air-mailed the throw yeah. and i was like i went to the trainer i was just like it's, it's broken it's broken i was like freaking out you know and i was just like it's broken it's broken it wasn't broken it was just really high ankle sprain so i was out with that for about three weeks four okay. weeks then when i came back from that a couple weeks later i had that hammy bone so oh, that geez. year was just yeah, yeah that year was just a wash and up until that T- time I had never really had any yeah. serious in- injuries or anything like that and I was always uh, you saw me shagging fly balls I was always balls to the wall yeah athletic I was always balls to the wall yeah for sure yeah and I never really
0: had a big injury and so like that. you're are you 20 or 21 at this time oh uh, that
1: you... was that was 2005 that was 2000 yeah, it was 2005, so I was 20. 20 years old. I was gonna be 21 so later. So think about the that. The you're 20 season. years old.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, how how are you supposed to parse through this and like make sense? And that's I think yeah. that's one of the things that we always go back to. It's like this is a hard game in general. And then when you deal with injuries, and then you're you're 20. Yeah. I mean, like you're exactly. 20, dude. Yeah, dude. Like <laughs> think about all the I think about all the dumb decisions I made when I was 20 years old or, or my ability to like manage my life and then i'm you know the the game i love i'm going through the stream and then I'm, I'm having to deal with an injury like that yeah. that's tough
1: no it was it was really tough and then finally got got over that and came back the next year uh, went back to the midwest league but didn't really have a great year i think hit hit like 230 or something like that yeah. Uh, but then for some reason i got promoted to to high A the next year 2007 which was awesome because it was in Vero Beach Oh, beautiful just 2 hours away from home yeah so i can you know i can travel my family can, can see me on the that's weekends beautiful. like i can Gosh, i can go home awesome. on yeah. an off day yeah it was yeah. it was perfect dude yeah. just 2 hours away from home it's like a dream as a professional athlete you get for to sure. play almost yeah. if not you know just outside of your yeah. of your hometown so that was great Vero Beach was awesome um, that year i kind of got back on track especially in the first half made the all star team Uh, first half uh, of that season and then second half just just had a crappy just second half and again i think you know 230 again or something like that not not very good uh numbers um and then 2008 is when i think i got demoted to a backup and up until up until that point i was playing every day i was a guy and then 2008 i was you know they told me like hey you're gonna go back to high uh, but you're gonna be a backup and you're not going to be playing every day and dude fuck yeah fuck like talk about ego yeah just taking a hit a hit dude just huge like i still thought at that point i was like no i'm the shit i'm destined (laughs) to be tampa bay's catcher of the future like that's my that's my destiny yeah that's my fate that's that's owed to me being a fucking young naive kid that yeah. you know just has no self-awareness it's like no that's mine yeah. like they're taking this away from me but that's that belongs to me yeah and i was just you know my head was filled with this you know just cockiness and and just you know entitlement to to that position but,
0: but in fairness to you you have to have a little bit of that because because if, if you just of say course. oh i'm you know if i get there i'm luckier. good golly yeah. you know maybe no, no, you course. have to you have to have that mindset and Absolutely. so that's fair um the, the toughest thing is like but when it gets taken away, then it's like, how do you deal with it? Yeah. And, and again, same, it something similar. Um, I'm with the Indians, having a good year. Uh, we're in, we're in high A. We got a you know, bunch of first rounders. On, we have three first rounders and a second rounder on our staff. And mm-hmm. it was we had Fausto Carmona early mm-hmm. in the year, and he got mm-hmm. bumped up. So we're getting ready for playoffs. And you know, at the time, I feel like I'm one of the better pitchers, regardless of draft status. Mm-hmm. And I get pretty much told, "You're going to go fifth in the rotation and i'm thinking to myself fifth boy okay so a couple guys yeah are right there have had better seasons but i'm probably three at worst but what they're i mean it's kind of the same thing what they're telling me is like we like you but you know maybe you're not our guy yeah and then that's a like you said tough tough thing to swallow man like and it's tough it's tough not to take that personally
1: oh. unless you're unless you're you've got a level of maturity I did and take it and personally self- yeah, <laughs> yeah of course so <laughs> did i so did i dude so i, did I. I couldn't yeah.
0: believe it i was like boy wait you know, I'm having a good year. What, what are you talking about? Five. What yeah. are you talking about not, not thrown in the first round? And
1: it's funny because this happens at any level. This yeah. happens whether you're playing, you know, t-ball, whether you're playing high school, you're professionally, or you're the best of the best. It's like some people would look at you and be like, dude, what the fuck are you crying about? You're in pro ball. Yeah, you're yeah, getting exactly. paid to oh. do. But when you're in that position, you're like, I know. And I, and I feel fortunate, but I want to be the first fucking starter. I want yeah. to be that opening day guy. Same thing with like a, you know you're playing in the big leagues and you're an all-star, but all of a sudden like you're you're I don't know maybe the latter part of your career and you're just not the everyday guy yeah. anymore. You're gonna take that. You're gonna take that a certain way too. Yeah, like for it's sure. just I think it's just human nature. Like you want to be the guy.
0: It's a I, it's funny you mention that. So I have I was dating a girl in um, 2005. Her brother was at Rice, right-handed pitcher, really good, and I'm struggling in Double A. Mm-hmm. And and she works for the team and <laughs> however that went off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but so so I remember I'm struggling. I go back you having dinner with her and maybe her brother. And her brother's like, Oh, what do you worry about? You're in double A and like, Yeah, that all sounds great, but until you got a six C ERA in double A and you realize you're right on the edge like you know, double a doesn't mean so much at yeah. the time and that's and that's kind of how it was and so it's funny you bring that up because that's exactly as soon as you said that i went right to that story dude, like hey yeah. what are you worried about you're in double A. yeah it's exactly like, oh, exactly hey, it, it's i'm just, on the fringes right it's, now bud. it's perspective man yeah. it's all relative it's perspective
1: yeah. you know like like looking back now i'm so fortunate to have gotten to play this game for such a long time and get paid for it like yeah dude we're, we're some of the luckiest dudes on the planet for sure we're, we're a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the dudes that ever play this game yeah and especially how long yeah like, you know exactly, it wasn't man. one year it was exactly. you, know, you were 10
0: years i was around that time yeah. too. it's like gosh, exactly I, you
1: know. no but when you're in that moment you're yeah. like no i want to be the fucking. i don't want to be a fucking backup catcher yeah. i want to be the everyday catcher yeah like, you want to be the no. guy exactly so 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 2008 get demoted to backup take a huge ego hit and at that point i just i just started being bitter yeah. just started pouting i think that was kind of like the end yeah and i think tampa was kind of like getting they were getting tired of my act <laughs> um so just pouting and like instead of you know instead of but again i didn't have this self-awareness i was yeah. a young punk ass so, kid so
0: you're probably 22
1: yeah 20 this was 2008 so i'll be 22 20. okay 20 no 23 23 yeah, still 23. young man dude yeah i mean dude i didn't feel like i was mature and like doing some good things and well into my 30s yeah like yeah yeah. it's it's fun i I retired from baseball and i still thought I was i felt like an 18 year old kid yeah because i'd gotten drafted out of high school i didn't really have that college or world you know outside of baseball experience yeah so 2008 um get demoted um on
0: one second. let me yeah yeah, i want to yeah i want to ask you a question what would christian lopez today what would christian lopez today tell that kid i was just kind of thinking about that like what what would with our perspective now being you know i'm 41. yeah i know you're younger. You're 41. damn yeah, bro i know good for you man yeah, it's that, Cal- that Cali son man it's that Cali son but so what would you tell yourself look like, like if, if that's your son what are you telling him if that's my son yeah and he's going through the exact same thing knowing what you know now oh, shit man that's that's a good one
1: um just have a heart to heart and and fuck but it's tough man because i i know what i went through emotionally at that point, yeah. and no matter what anybody would've told me, I still would have believed, like, no, fuck Tampa Bay. They yeah. don't like me. They're doing this to me on purpose. They don't like me anymore. They they're just I was just so stuck in that mindset, like I yeah. couldn't see anything past that. I couldn't see anything past that red. But if I was a father and that was my son now, I'd be like, Hey, what's all right, let's let's sit down, talk about this, like all right, what's going on? You got demoted. Okay, why do you why do you think you got demoted? Ah, because they don't like me. No, no, no. They they like you, they're they're still hanging on to you, you're still there. If yeah. they didn't like you, they would have released, released you, you like yeah. Like, what what do you think is going on? And then, I don't know, just try to, just try to talk it out and try to talk some sense and like, but if what I would tell my future self or my former self back then is be like, bro, you're fucking a 230, 220 career hitter. like you want to be playing every day and you're hitting 220 230 like your defense is strong but you got to swing the bat a little bit yeah. Like, come on like yeah. i mean come on like let's get real that's yep. that's what i told told myself because i thought it was just they were just doing it because they didn't like me yeah it's just like no i wasn't i wasn't performing at the plate yeah on the plate i was doing my thing as always but like i i needed to swing the bat and yep. i wasn't doing that so that's what i would tell my my formal self back yep. then yep. um so yeah i mean deboned it that year um pouting the instead of taking accountability and, and looking at myself in the mirror and saying hey how could i get better what can i do let's let's put in some work yeah. let's get better yep no i just blamed it on everybody else said no nah, it's you guys i just I'm, I'm like i was talking about like i don't want to be i wish they would just release me i just want to go be with somebody else um and just no zero responsibility zero accountability so pouted the rest of the year uh 2009 come back spring training go back to high again yeah um as a backup again and again not just unhappy not performing pouting just not not putting in the work and august 2nd 2009 uh we got back we had gotten back from a trip to daytona mm-hmm. uh, i think it was a sunday night so late night get back into the clubhouse and you know when you get back from those long road trips you're like let me just put my shit in the clubhouse let me yeah, get out of here let I'm me get home here, yeah. get some rest come back tomorrow um as i'm putting my stuff away and walking out of the clubhouse uh, my manager calls me he's like hey lopey can i see you i was like it's kind of weird like it's like past midnight it's late as hell yeah. Like why, why is he calling me in to talk to me yeah. what is this all right whatever so i walked in sat down closed the door and as soon as i sat down like i knew yeah like i knew i could just see it in his face and you know he pretty much told me organizations decided to make a change and they're releasing you a contract <sighs> dude one, one yeah. of the worst days of my life one of the worst days of my life i mean you know relatively speaking yeah. but one of the worst days of my life like it took every ounce of energy that I could muster right there to like not cry. Yeah. Because they were coming. They were. They oh, were coming. Yeah, yeah. They were coming. Because this dude, this was, to me, this was total blindside. Yeah. Because to me, I was still thinking that's that's my that's my position. Yep. I'm Tampa Bay's catcher of the future. That's mine. They're taking that from me, but I that's still mine. Yeah. So I don't care what they say. So I was blindsided. I'd never thought in a million years, like, me get released? Nah, I'm never going to get released. They'd never release me. Like, I would come to spring training, and, you know, when you come to spring training, and they're starting to, you know, release people, and they're like, I don't know how they did it with the industry. Uh, Like, with Tampa, they're just kind of, like, waiting outside and be like, hey,
0: uh, Mitch wants to see you. So I had uh, got released by the Phillies and got released by the Rockies. Um, The Phillies didn't surprise me. I wasn't going good. I wasn't Mm -hmm. throwing hard. The Rockies surprised me just because they'd rule five me. I had a really good first month and a half and then had, you know, quite frankly, a brutal five or six start, starts, mm-hmm. you know, a couple in there were okay, one decent one, but it wasn't good. Um, but but I felt like I would still get maybe another month to kind of show, and yeah. I was just coming off of a decent one, but man, just a couple guys got healthy, Ubaldo Jimenez got healthy, Oof. he was like 19 coming to Double A, and so that, that was it, man, that was it, but yeah, that one, that one surprised me, and like you said, you... You're you're holding in on the on the tears, oh, like dude, it's it's it was, brutal, man. It it's your was, dream. It's your dream. Yeah, it little kid. It was just
1: like yeah, it was just like, I, I I never, A, I never saw that coming. I thought I was going to play baseball until like I just couldn't anymore, yeah. and I was going to decide, yeah, oh, I don't, I can't play anymore. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm done. I'm I'm, retiring. I'm forty after yeah. 15
0: years in the big leagues. Exactly. Or that yeah.
1: that's that that was my mindset. Like let me ride off into the sunset. But no, that's, it's not how it was at all. So that was really tough pill to swallow. And as soon as I, I went to the clubhouse, packed up all my things, and. It wasn't until I got to the parking lot where nobody was around that I fucking just started just bawling, like, just yeah. letting it go. Like, a mixture of, like, anger. But, nah, not really anger. Because un- underneath that anger, there was fear. Yeah. There was doubt. There was worry. There was shame. There was insecurity. There was so many other things. Like, it, I, I thought it was anger back then, which yeah. I, I was probably a little bit angry. But it was beneath that, there was so much more than that. Yeah. So much more than that. So I just got out to the, to the parking lot and just started crying. Called yeah. my dad told him hey i just got released
0: i know that feeling like it's,
1: it's it's okay it's okay like we'll figure it out we'll call gavin my agent and we'll we'll figure it out we'll figure it out it's okay like we'll we'll yeah. keep pushing forward like he was really cool about it called my agent you know we started to figure out and then uh i forgot how long after i got released drove back home i think that time we're in port charlotte which is um yeah, still Mets. in florida yeah, yeah yeah still in florida like a couple uh, hours away from home so i can't even remember how i drove home when i drove home what that was like i just remember that that night just getting released after coming back from that road trip and uh shortly thereafter i went to the i think it was the american association joliet uh, jackhammers so i went there for like the last month yeah yeah Yeah. it was good it was a good league went there for the last month of the season uh finished that out there and then next year 2010 is when i came to southern maryland and then played there from 2010 to 2012 and those are hands down the funnest years i've ever had playing for sure yeah, hands, well, down, yeah, yeah. hands down. Hands down. Not that not that not that playing with Tampa was not fun. Of course that was fun as well, but it's just a different vibe. Like when you were in Tampa especially, it's like at that time I don't know if it's still like this, but it's like they wanted to be like the the junior Yankees. Like, oh, really? You know, Interesting. They, yeah, they, which is, look, if you're going to model yourself after an organization, the Yankees yeah, are Yankees pretty are good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah. Yankees yeah. are a pretty good uh, organization to model yourself after. But, you know, it was just like you had to have your hair a certain way. You couldn't have facial. Like, you couldn't have your sideburns a certain length. You had to wear your pants up. Like, I don't know how it is now anymore in the minor leagues, but that's how it was with Tampa. For sure. So all these rules and, like, I was always kind of, like, bending those rules. Like, <laughs> growing my sideburns just barely to the line. <laughs> Having a little flow in the back that was just a little too long. Like... I was just doing stupid shit like that. Like it wasn't like I had an issue with authority. I was just like I don't know, man. I was just a young, stupid yeah. kid. Yeah, just young just young stupid I was kid. right there with you. Yeah, and nah, I just
0: I feel like and it's ironic now because if you look at organizations now, it's way different. I'm sure there're a few yeah. that still kinda roll like that, but generally speaking. Yeah, way different. I mean, remember when you'd play? The, did you ever play against the A's in minor leagues?
1: Uh, yes, uh, Kane County, I think. Okay. Kane County, when they were the when So A's when, were there. When,
0: whenever we'd run into the A's, we ran into them, and in, they were in Midland in Double And mm-hmm. you know, again, Rockies pretty strict. Mm-hmm. You know, all the the collared shirts mm-hmm, that you had mm-hmm, to wear. And mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. from Los Angeles, didn't have many collared shirts running around. <laughs> um, you know, a lot more on the beach scene. Yeah. But but so, and then you go into like Midland, and like dudes have long hair. They're wearing. <laughs> um and they're wearing their pants over I their cleats, it. like yep. way different. And I'm you know, we gotta show sock or whatever. Yes, All exactly. the silly stuff. Yep. So man, the, the minor league culture I think has changed quite a bit since we were yeah, playing. Which
1: is which is nice. It's it, look, it's not that it, it was bad, it was just it was just it was just different. Yeah. It was different, just different. Sure. Um so yeah, so just next next three years we're in uh in the in the Atlantic League with Southern Maryland. Three best years of my life. Met some yeah. of my favorite people there some of my greatest teammates you yeah. included in there it's so um, just so much fun man yeah. just so much fun but you know again toward the end of that in 2012 again i wasn't swinging the bat well and um i got benched toward the end of the year not bench well benched, like i wasn't playing every day yeah yeah um and again dude my ego yeah and especially then because at that point i was just like fuck i can't even be a starter in affiliated ball I got released. I can't even be a starter in Indie ball. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Dude, my ego was just like, no, like no, you 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 can't you can't stand for this. Like yeah. you gotta do something about this. And dude, I'm gonna share something with you that I haven't shared with a lot of with a lot of people before because you know it brought me a lot of shame back then. But we had made the playoffs that season and we were playing in Long Island. Yep. And um our catcher uh richard arcado yep nothing gets him i just wanted to, just wanted to throw this great dude great, great dude great, great i just saw him dude. a few weeks ago what? he coaches at modern day yeah no great dude. Yeah. shit dude he hit me up when i had first moved out he's like hey lobby what's up man we got to yeah. get together great dude yeah um but he had he had become the starter and i was i was a backup and dude i was so livid not it not it not it of not course at, yeah not, not him at, yeah, yeah. yeah not at dick market as uh richard giannotti yeah, yeah. uh named him dick market greatest nickname ever um, so no not at him i was dude i was so livid at oz yeah i was so livid at oz because obviously it's his decision he's the yeah. manager of the team dude and i was so livid and i remember going into into his uh into his office when we were playing in sugarland and i was just like fucking pissed pissed and i just told him like what the fuck like i should be playing and he's like I think he was honest with him. He's like, yeah. Lopey, like, you're, you're not swinging the bat, man. Like, Rich, Rich is swinging the bat, man. He's swinging the bat really well. Like, you're still going to get your playing time. But yeah. I think right now he's, he's the better man to have in there. And, dude, I just – I wasn't having it. I thought it was personal. I was so pissed at him. And when we were in the playoffs, I was fucking rooting for us to lose. Jeez. I was rooting for us to lose. That's how fucking bitter I was. And yeah. it, it just – it pains me to say that because I know every other dude on that team – wanted to win so bad, especially against Long Island. Yeah. That was I kinda know, like right. our rival. Gosh, you know, that yeah. was kinda like our rival. Especially against them.
0: And it was a great series. And, and they were the Yankees and we were just a, the the band of misfits exactly. in a lot of ways. Exactly,
1: yeah. dude. They were like kinda like the Yankees yeah. of the league. And and yeah. yeah, we were those guys. We were yep. those guys that just out there like, We're just fucking good. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna yep. kick your ass and yep. like whatever. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I was rooting for us to lose, dude. God. Man. I was rooting for us to that's how fucking bitter and how caught up in that anger and in that fear and in that insecurity i was that dude i had never ever 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 wished to lose ever in my career yeah ever and i'm not one of these guys that like i have to win at all costs if not yeah. i i feel like no it's just like if i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna win yep like Absolutely. that's what you go out there yep. for you don't go out there to lose so i'd never i'd never been that guy i was like no we're gonna fucking win i'm gonna do everything i take it takes to help my team win this game and i'd gotten to the point where i was just like i hope we fucking lose gosh man it was bad dude it was bad and when we lost i was secretly i was secretly happy not not towards my teammates it was specifically toward oz yeah and again oz is a fucking great dude great human being great teammate great manager just a great dude overall but again i was so caught up in that anger and in that just insecurity and that fear and all this other stuff that I didn't know how to deal with, and the best way I knew how to deal with it was to blame somebody else for my yeah. for my shortcomings.
0: And so, where do you go from there? I mean, have you been able to make peace with yourself on that totally. since then? Okay, totally, okay, totally. Cool. I,
1: I mean, I hope other guys, you know, yeah. now that they're hearing this, are like. Can, can you know forgive me for that yeah. you know because it was it was it was bad it, yeah. was, it was bad i was i was rooting for us to lose yeah. you know not for us as a team again because i th- i was rooting no no, no yeah no, for okay. our manager because yeah. i thought he was it was a personal attack when it wasn't yeah. when yeah. it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't um but yeah i felt like shit about that but yeah i definitely i definitely done some work around that and then come to terms uh with that but that was that was it that was that was the end right there i was so bitter and so angry at just baseball overall. Yeah. I was just so upset. Again, it was one of those opportunities where I could have looked in the mirror and said, all right, let's put in some work this offseason. What can I do this offseason to get yeah. better? How do how, I
0: come back, hit 280? Exactly. How yeah. can I
1: come back, hit, you know, do provide my solid defense? Yep. How can I be better? But no, instead of doing that, I just blame somebody because... It's easier to do that yeah of course it's yeah, easier to blame thing in the world. Yeah. Yep. it's hard to yep. fucking put in the work in the off season and well, bust your ass and it's hard to
0: blame yourself like well, there, of course. yeah there has to be some serious look in the mirror accountability yeah. like it's not a comfortable converse no. mental conversation with yourself where it's like yeah. all right yeah. it's it's yeah. on you like you <laughs> dude it, <laughs> it's your it was, career yeah there was yeah oh, there was none man. of that it, it,
1: again i didn't i didn't get to that point in my life until well into my 30s yeah you know at that that point i was 27 okay 27 28 again like i said when i when i retired when i left the game i was i still essentially felt like an 18 year old kid again yeah because i had gotten drafted out of high school and the only thing i ever knew was professional baseball yeah i didn't know i didn't have a college experience i didn't have like a you know i had little off-season jobs here and there but i never really had that corporate job corporate world experience so i retire and i'm just like fuck what i do yeah i don't know what it is. you're 28 28 27 28 yeah Yeah. i was just like what do i do i don't i don't know anything else yeah i don't want to do anything else my identity is completely wrapped up in being a baseball player being an athlete that
0: was like they had taken my life away Or
1: actually i took it away from myself because i'm the one that decided to walk away
0: but in your mind i'm sure they're a little bit of like it's their, you know they took it from oh yeah for sure yeah Yeah. yeah, totally totally
1: yeah but like i said instead of taking that accountability and being like all right let's let's prove them wrong you're looking at it that way I just started to, decided to walk away because i thought you can get a light right there two, too by the way i was just gonna say do you want to open this up too i don't yeah. mind if you open that up a little bit yeah. yes or Let's this oh yeah there you go yeah. dude this is the beautiful there we go I don't know if you guys you guys probably can't see it but this is the best podcast studio i've <laughs> ever been to like we are it's literally fun. parked at the beach yeah, you're right watching here. the sunset dude yes we are in el segundo beach right here i'm watching the sunset over the ocean it's fucking beautiful. Yeah, I love California. It really is good. I love I California. Know, Florida, good. I good. I got it.
0: All right. So you retire. You're working through that. You're working through all that. You don't quite know where to go. So where do you go? Like, what is the next? All step? right.
1: So next step, I, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in, when I was in Southern Maryland, I had uh, I think it was Eddie Morlan. I don't okay. know if you yeah, ever read Yeah. Right? yeah no, I played with Eddie, Eddie him. Morlan. Yeah. yeah. Good he, dude. Uh, he, uh, yeah. Great dude. Another Miami dude. But he started, uh, I think he started calling me like. <laughs> Federico or something like or for, for I don't know. He gave me some soap opera sounding yeah. name, Spanish soap opera star. <laughs> yeah, so he was, like dude, dude, he was like, dude, you look like a soap, you look like a soap opera star. You should like go, go do that. Go be on a soap opera star or, or something like that. I was like, ah, I just laugh it off and play it off or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when my career came to an end, I was just like, shit, maybe maybe I'll go try to be a soap opera yes. star. Maybe I'll go be an actor. <laughs> so I looked up, you know, some some acting gigs in in South Florida. I looked up some stuff and found this like acting showcase that. You know kind of brings you out here sets you up you get in a you know showcase in front of agents managers stuff like that so i was just like all right that, that, that's it i'm yeah. gonna go be an actor yeah. and that wasn't driven by a passion for acting that wasn't driven by this or that that was driven because i didn't achieve i didn't make it to the big leagues yeah i wasn't i didn't make a ton of money i didn't hit any of these goals that i wanted to hit so I was left with this emptiness, this hole of like, I'm I'm a fucking failure. Yeah. I'm a failure. I need to go do something. I need to go prove people wrong. I need to go prove to people that I made something of myself. I couldn't do it through baseball. What's another way that I can be rich and famous? I'll go be an actor. <laughs> so I packed up my things, man, and just made made the drive. Packed up my things one day, everything I can fit into my Toyota Camry, and drove the 3,000 plus miles, whatever Gosh. it is, out to California. Yeah. It took me about a week, and been here ever since
0: what what are you thinking on that drive by the way
1: oh dude i'm i'm so motivated i'm so cool oh oh, totally motivated because motivated by the bitterness yeah of baseball i'm like man fuck baseball fuck that i'm gonna go prove everybody wrong everybody that doubted me everybody that released me everybody that thought i was a piece of crap i'm gonna go prove them wrong yep so i was driven by that and then i was driven by the fact of like i'm gonna go out to la and like immediately somebody's going to cast me in a hit tv show they're going to see you walking down the street yeah they're going to yeah let me put you in in a movie come on let's do it and i was going to be the next brad pitt and i was going to be on you know billboards and magazines and like dude i had thoughts of like you know myself in like a magazine like a gq magazine and like autographing it and like mailing it to like somebody that doubted me yeah like i had these weird crazy thoughts of like that were all driven by Insecurity, by insecurity, by fear, by doubt, by worry. Like I I didn't know what else I wanted to do. So I get here, do the acting thing for a couple of years, and I just got to the point where I was just like, man, this, this isn't what I want to do. Yeah, I, I don't enjoy this industry. I don't enjoy this life. Like I'm, I'm not passionate about this. Yeah. Like, so, with the help of my wife, which was my girlfriend at the time, I get home one day after acting class and she's just like babe what's up what's going on like you're something's been off about you i'm like no i'm fine i'm fine like like you know just being a man like i don't want to talk about my feelings yeah but she's insistent she's like come on like what's up what's up and then finally i just broke down started crying like sobbing just sobbing of like and just telling her i I don't remember exactly verbatim what i told her but it was somewhere along the lines of like i'm lost i'm scared i don't know what i want to do i don't know who i am Uh, like uh, i just i'm so scared yeah i'm so scared and you know, she talked to me. She comforted me. She supported me. And then, you know, stopped acting. But then I was back at back at square one. Like I'm not a baseball player any- anymore. I'm not an actor anymore. Who that? Who am I?
0: Just a guy. I,
1: I'm just a guy. And at that point, I haven't really I know, done the man. work. Gosh,
0: that is such yeah. a crazy feeling too. I know that feeling. Where you, you know, I've mentioned it before on the show, but. You know, it's fun walking into a bar knowing you're a baseball player and being like, dude, dude I'm I'm I got a real shot tonight. Dude. <laughs> yeah, totally. Dude. No, it's not the same. It's like, yeah, nah. you know, I'm uh, giving some private lessons and coaching a club team. <laughs> exactly. Dude. And that's
1: one of the things that I would lead with in conversation like, "Hey, my name's Christian." I'm a professional baseball player. Yeah. Even after I wasn't a professional baseball player anymore, I would always lead with, Hey, my name's Christian. I I'm a former professional baseball yeah, player. No, and I've had that. That bro, was always the first thing, thing yeah. because I knew instantly that was gonna get somebody's attention. Yep. I knew instantly that was gonna make that was gonna validate me. That was gonna make me interesting to somebody else. Yep. I can't just say like, Hey, my name's Christian and I'm a goofy dude and I <laughs> I'm affectionate and I love my mom. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like what am I gonna yeah, say? No like, chance. no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, Oh, I'm a baseball player. oh t- tell me more. Yeah, exactly. Tell me more. Um so yeah, I was still doing that afterwards. Acting was gone, baseball was gone, and then I started looking into becoming a firefighter. Okay. I saw, you know, a lot of the same aspects, yep, that absolutely. clubhouse vibe, that brotherhood, that chance to be a role model, a hero in mm-hmm. the community, all those things that I cherished that I missed about sure. baseball, I saw in firefighting. And obviously it's a great job, obviously it's come comes with its inherent risk, but like, you know, good pay, good pension, all that yeah. good stuff, good perks. So I put two and a half years into that testing, interviewing uh, taking fire science classes, working out, training, doing everything I could to prepare myself. And then in uh, March of 2019, got a letter from LAFD, one of the biggest, if not the biggest department yep. in in the country. And I was just like, that's it. This is my new career. This is my new identity. I was super gung-ho about it, super excited. Open it up. It's a rejection letter. Oh, God. Again, just those those old feelings of getting released, those old feelings of getting demoted to a backup, those old feelings of just like, you're not good enough came came rearing their ugly head again gosh. it was just like you're not good enough all over again so at that point and dude and then that point i had put two and a half years in yeah no and no, at that and point and i was in your 30s you're into it yeah like, and i was know. into it and i was just like dude this is i was telling everybody about it my family knew they're like oh he's gonna be a firefighter my wife was excited about it babe you're gonna be such a great firefighter and then pff, nothing gosh and so how, how do you come back from that like it's <sighs> it was tough yeah, it was tough,
0: dude. It was tough. What, what were the steps? Like, what what could you do?
1: So, luckily, at that point, um, I had 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 I already started making some changes, just doing some self growth on myself, some self improvement. That was spawned uh, August twenty sixth. I still remember the day exactly. August twenty sixth, twenty seventeen. You're good on the dates, by the way. Dude, because these me. are August second. August second. Yeah, yeah no, obviously I know. these are these are memories that. No, I know, left man. In June eleventh, I blew up my elbow. There I'm, you go, dude. You know exactly, that, yeah. dude. You know those dates, so. So August 26, 2017, I had had, my wife was out of town, uh, a buddy that had, uh, that I, a co-worker that I was, lived with for a while, that we were roommates, um, just hits me up out of the blue. We hadn't talked him in a while. He's like, hey, man, something something just told me to hit you up. Like, just, what's going on? How you doing? It's like, uh, you know, eh, kind of been struggling a little bit. Uh, he's like, hey, let's let's get together. Let's have some lunch, have some coffee. So we met up on a Saturday. I think it was after like a softball game that I played on a Saturday. And we met up for lunch for like three, three hours. Oh, wow. Um, and him and I always had that bond, just like very open, very vulnerable, yeah. very intimate. He's like one of those dudes in my life where I can really just let it all out. And I know he's not going to judge me. I know he's not going to shame me or yeah. ridicule me. Great to have
0: somebody like that For in sure. your life. Yeah, yeah, everybody needs one yeah. of that person. It's yeah.
1: Totally. So we sat down, had this conversation. I cried a few times. Uh, you know, he encouraged me, supported me, told me some really good things. And then that very next day, I was like, I got to make a change. Yeah. I got I to do something. So I started, you know, meditating i started getting into yoga more i started journaling i just started devouring any self-help self-growth book that i can devour just because i wanted to get myself out of this place that i had been in pretty much essentially since i had retired from baseball yeah like no identity no didn't really know who i was didn't really know what i wanted to do so i started doing that work and and so when i got released or when i got uh rejected by the fire department it was tough it was a tough pill to swallow because i put that time in but I was also a little bit more prepared for it. Yeah. So I was just like, man, this really fucking sucks, but all right, let's let's turn this into something. So then that was gone no more acting no more baseball no more firefighting and then i was at a point where i was just like all right what now so started looking into like the life coaching realm yeah. and you know i'd always i'd always been that good teammate uh not just not just in the clubhouse off the field as well dude with yeah friends totally. with family so <laughs> You're super fun yeah i appreciate that so yeah. i was always that kind of dude where like i can have those open conversations yeah. and it didn't have to be about baseball or chicks or beer or yeah. s- sports or whatever it was um so i started looking into that i was like maybe this is maybe this is something i'd, I'd be good at I took a life coaching course, took a bunch of other things and um, actually had a few clients. I worked with a few clients, one one client that I worked with for quite a few sessions. But then again, with that, it's it was fun while I was doing it. And and I felt like I was really having an impact. But again, those fears and those worries and those doubts and that imposter syndrome, like, who the fuck am I? Like, I'm a failed baseball player. I'm a failed actor. I'm a failed firefighter. Like all these, you know, all these limiting beliefs and all these terrible things that I was saying about myself held me back from continuing that. So I stopped, stopped doing that because I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I was like, man, what what have I done so special with my life that I can go coach somebody else on their life and, yeah. and give somebody advice or listen to somebody else's yeah. problems or something like that. So kind of stopped that, put that on the back burner. But in the meantime, I had already started kind of opening up uh, through blog, blog posts, through social media posts, just sharing some of the things that I had been through. Um, Sharing some of my emotions, some of my feelings, just really being a lot more open, a lot more vulnerable. And it was scary as hell. It was scary as hell because this is a lot of stuff that brought me shame and that brought me just a lot of, you know, just a lot of worry that I wasn't going to be mad enough, you know, just sharing some of these things. But when I started sharing those things, man, something awesome happened. I thought I was going to get a lot of backlash. I thought I was going to get a lot of this. You're soft, you're weak, you're a beta male, all this other stuff. But, dude, I had so many men start reaching out to me like hey thank you for sharing this this is something that i've been through myself i never really knew how to articulate it i never knew how to put it into words i didn't know how to deal with it i didn't know how to open up about it but since you since i heard you say this it makes me a lot more comfortable and lets me know that i'm not alone um so that stuff kind of started to happen and then that was through like blog posts social media posts and then i was just like fuck why don't i why not turn this into a podcast yeah like, right? I, I love listening to podcasts but i i love talking you know i love having conversations <laughs> like this so why don't i turn this into a podcast but it took me a year from when I had the thought of turning into a podcast to actually turning into one, because again, those limiting beliefs. That, yeah. That's the reason I wear I wear this shirt today. Shatter limits, bro. I love I love, love, love wearing this it. shirt. Like my yeah. mom gave me this shirt. It Fits really well, and like I just love what it says because we're talking about <laughs> this kind tr- of stuff. It's the truth, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: So. And, and we put our. I'd say we as human beings are the best at putting limits on ourselves. Totally. Totally. You know, it's not always the other person; it's our No, it's our dude. Own.
1: All those things that I was thinking about yeah. myself, all those things that I was thinking about, you know, former managers or organizations, like they weren't thinking that about me. I was thinking that about myself. Yeah. Like I, I, I was struggling with those insecurities and those doubts, and that's and that's been one of my biggest, if not my biggest, Achilles heel yeah. for my entire life, is those limiting beliefs, those those that negative self-talk that I give to myself. And I don't know, I don't know where that stems from. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with You know, the way my baseball career ended and essentially that was like the biggest heartbreak that I've ever had, the biggest breakup that I've ever had for me. So I'm sure that has a lot to do with it as well. Um, But but yeah, so eventually it turned into the, the podcast a year later after fighting through those beliefs and one day just sitting at my computer and just saying, Google, how do you start a podcast? I already had a good microphone, I had, I had a laptop, pretty much had everything that I needed to just start doing I it I Googled home. that
0: too. Dude, it's <laughs> like,
1: how do you start a podcast? Oh, here you go, here's yeah. the 1,000 articles on about yeah, how, exactly. how to start a podcast, so. I just did it, and then my first episode was pretty much what I'm what I'm sharing today. Just yeah. talking about my, what led me to that point. You know, all the stuff that I've that I've struggled with, and all the fears and insecurity, and the stuff that I still struggle with on a daily basis. It's still a struggle every day. I've come a long way. Yeah, I've definitely come a long way, but it's still still struggle every day finding those demons and fighting those that 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 doubt.
0: No, I know, and and the, the thing is, that's okay. Like you know, I think that's part of life. I think we all have our moments where we're like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Why why am I not better at this? And I no. should be i'm literally like you know when you're a coach you, know, you see stuff go wrong with your program or your team i mean it's on you like mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm having those same thoughts of like why am i not why is this happening how can i get i got to be better than this if this yeah. is going to be what we want to do so no that's i mean that's fair man that's a you know that's life is quite a journey huh like it's constantly constantly evolving and the one thing that you can count on is change and fluidity and God, That's it. That's the know. one the
1: one constant is changing, yeah. Right? That's very, absolutely. very very Buddhist. Yeah, yeah. I know. But um but yeah, dude, and now, you know, with the I'm still you know, I'm still struggling with like finding it what it is that I want to do, finding my my purpose, finding, you know, Not necessarily my identity because I've come to terms with that. I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't want to define myself. I still struggle with it, but I don't want to define myself by what I do. That's just what I do. It's just what I do for a living. That's what I do for whatever. Like I'm defined by the type of man that I am, how I show up every day, how I show up for my wife, how I show up for my family, for my friends, for whatever it is. That's how I want to define myself as a man. But the aim with the podcast is to have these kinds of conversations with men that we don't normally have yeah you know those conversations that we didn't really have in the clubhouse too much (laughs) no we weren't really we were only having vulnerable (laughs) intimate conversations in the clubhouse outside of the clubhouse with dudes like verge yeah you know with dudes like that sometimes with travis garcia you know with dudes like that i was having dude man great dude i love that guy yeah but you know i was having these intimate conversations off the field but in the clubhouse was a different thing because there's still that stigma of like ah, you don't talk about that shit here yeah, that's no, that's no, no. weak that is, you know that that is that's it.
0: if you have a roommate that you really get along with you can maybe throw and a that, nugget and see and what that, happens exactly but yeah, no, yeah you
1: just you kind of just dip your toe in the <laughs> yeah. water and be like hey dude i just broke up with this girl like you want to talk about it <laughs> ah, nah, dude, let's just, let's just smoke some weed and go to the club and go to the field yep um but yeah dude like now now it's just the aim with the podcast is just to have these kind of conversations because yeah. I feel like it really it really does a lot of damage to us men when we don't talk about these things when we don't hold yeah. these things in when when we hold on to this fear and this shame and this insecurity and then you do shit like I did you you blame everybody else yeah. you you quit things before maybe you should have quit them yeah but instead of looking at yourself in the mirror and think okay how can I get a little bit better why is this happening right now you know how can I how can I turn this around instead of blaming it on somebody else or waiting for somebody else to like just rescue you or yep. give you a hand or or something but you know in those terms too uh, talking about people giving you a hand like i i wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for my wife yeah if it wasn't for my family if it wasn't for my friends and the coworkers and the people that i've surrounded myself with like that's another thing i think uh, us men we want we, we grow up with this notion of like this lone wolf like i got to figure this shit out on my own i got to do it on my own and it's funny because come as athletes we're surrounded by coaches we're surrounded by trainers we're surrounded by teammates we're surrounded by all these people who want to help to make us better who are gonna be there to support us but we're still stuck with this this manly thing of like nah, i just got to figure it out on my own but if it wasn't for the people that i've surrounded oh, myself yeah. with dude I, I would not be sitting here having this conversation
0: with you no dude chance. so i i have whether they know it or not i have definitely a tribe of elders that whenever something's going on immediately getting a phone call there's three or four of them and my dad leads the way on that i, I mean that's it. the that's the first i love it. first phone call but the point is like yeah like if you try to do it by yourself you see it from one lens you cannot exactly. fully get the whole you know encapsulation of what's going on but if you know so many people when they're not involved they're so easy to step out and be objective about it and mm-hmm. we get so emotional yep. about what's going on with our lives and you know it should be this and why isn't it that and that's not fair and it's like hey look like if you looked at it from this angle and yeah. it's amazing. So I think your point about going to surrounding yourself with the right people and having people to go to is yeah. huge cuz that can Dude, it can just make a world of difference. It's
1: just like having a hitting or a pitching coach. Yep. Like you're like why 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 am i missing these fastballs right down the middle? Why am i follow, fouling everything off to the right? It's like you can't see it because yeah. you think like oh, I'm doing everything normal but then your hitting coach shows you your video like hey you see here yep. you're kind of dropping that that back that back elbow a little too soon you're not yep. you you need to use more top hand yep and it's just like fuck I wouldn't have seen this because like you said you only have that one perspective you know you you need that outside perspective to hundred percent to kind of shine to. shine the light you have to. On, on yeah things. because yeah.
0: again we're caught up in ourselves it's so it's it's really hard to be in an emotional situation and step back and be like, "This is why this is going wrong." Yeah. Because you're just like you said, you almost feel like an animal trapped in a cage, yeah. where you're just you're just fighting and you're yeah. just, you know, yeah. that's the right. way it works. And, and
1: that's not to mention that's not to even bring up you know, like your ego and yeah, yeah, what, exactly. how that can fucking get in the way and yeah. like I know refuse gosh. to ask for help and refuse to admit when you were wrong and like oh I, I struggled with so much of that dude. Yeah. Like I said, I was a young kid who thought his shit didn't stink. A young yeah. kid from. Miami, Florida, like, you know, six round draft pick. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm You're de- good. You're good, too, dude. To bit, like, 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 sure I appreciate You could
0: throw, and you, I loved throwing to you. And yeah. Again, I, I, the thing I always enjoyed about you is your fire behind the plate. You know, I was kind of the same way I needed. I needed to feel like this game was the most important thing mm-hmm. in my life, otherwise I wasn't good enough yeah. plain and simple to just go out there and roll out of bed and pitch. Yeah. And you're the same way. Like yeah, i look totally. I saw the same fire behind oh. your mask and I was like, Yeah, all right, we can go. Let's every go.
1: every game, dude, seven o'clock came like nobody yeah. was playing harder than I was. Yeah, like yeah. I, and I took pride in that. Yeah. Where where I could definitely have been a lot better was off the field and yeah. in the mental in between my ears. Yeah. Like I, I, I can fucking go. I can go 100 miles per hour when you need me to, but I, sometimes I needed to dial it back. Sometimes I needed to take a different perspective and, and just be a little bit more tuned in on the mental side of things. Yeah, I think that sure. would have helped me a long way, but it's, it's, it is it's what it is now, man. It's water under the bridge. Yeah. If, if it hadn't happened the way it did, you know, we would have never been teammates. No, exactly. We wouldn't right. be having this wouldn't conversation be, we, right now. We
0: wouldn't, wouldn't be sitting in the van. And no. I, I always go back to, I literally was just having this thought earlier today of, life's not happening to you, it's happening for you. Yeah. And and how what is you know each situation doing in order to bring us further to where we're in the right mental spot
1: so I read, it's funny that you bring bringing that up i read this article the other day and it was i forgot the name of the book that the that the person that wrote the article was talking about but it's this book it's set like in russia or in prague or something you know back in the day back in like the soviet era. um but in the book there's this one line and it's in german it says i think it's pronounced s s sign s muss and what it stands for is it must be yeah so like it must be like I don't know it's always stuck with me and in the book I think it's talking about like how this couple's together but the woman has to go back home to Prague because she's homesick or something but she knows if she goes back she can't ever leave again like they're gonna lock the country so her husband or her partner has got to make this choice of like fuck I'm a doctor here I have a really good job i really love this woman like mm-hmm. and, and like his his thing is like he just says that line it's just like it must be like if this is what it's got to be it's what it's got to be yep. and you just you just roll with the punches not yep. to say you're not going to have shitty days yep. but it's just to say like that's what life is life yeah. is life is
0: a mix of good and <laughs> yes it is. shitty days and
1: you just you just make whatever you can of them man, and you learn you learn whatever lessons you can
0: yeah no, i agree yeah. so behind the masculinity the podcast your, how many episodes in are you? Um, 60, 60 something, 60 nice. and some change. Nice,
1: um, I was, I was a lot. You know, I was a lot more. I was putting out a lot more. Consistent content when, especially during the pandemic when yeah. I lost my job early on and I was uh, without a job for like a few months. Um, I was really being consistent with it now. I'm still trying to put out one episode a week, but with like my new job now, I have a lot less time to record. And, and it's not even recording the tough part, it's the editing, yeah. which Zach, it does Zach, does Zach, Zach is huge. Zach, you're, oh, I fucking He's... hate editing. I hate it, dude. I hate it. I like it because I can make it sound the way I want to sound it. Yeah but it's tedious, dude. Yeah. It's tedious. Like you record a one hour episode and it takes me two, three hours to like edit it just how I want it. And that's yeah. like minimal editing. Yeah. Like that's not like doing all this crazy stuff, but you know, a lot less time to do that, but trying to be consistent at least once a week. But it's been great, man. I never would have thought in a million years that I'd have a podcast again. Like, yeah, that's cool. That's what, awesome. What do, I, what do I have it, to talk about? Who's no, gonna listen No, that's
0: not true. That's true. You've done a lot of great things. And that's the thing I always go back to with, with our, our lives, our careers is that You know, we didn't get to where we wanted to. Ultimately, I'm the same way. I have Mm -hmm. the same feelings of, like, would have loved to play 10 years in the big leagues. Would have loved to (laughs) play 10 days in the big leagues. Didn't. Um, But I I think just the the journey that you go through as a minor league baseball player gives you so many um, tools for later in life that we don't realize when they're happening. But, again, like resilience, um, you know, being able to figure anything out because you have to. I mean, I always go back to, like, the, the good old you get to a field. They have no food. Um, they have peanut butter and jelly, and that's it. Staple. Yeah, staple. staple. And <laughs> and maybe one of the teammates took the peanut butter and stuck it in their locker. So now you just have jelly, and maybe a couple pieces. But you got to figure it out. Like, yeah. how, all right, I'm eating yeah. one piece of bread with some jelly on it tonight dude, i'm gonna i'm after to pitch yeah, yeah. like that's the deal or you fucking go to
1: wawa right down yeah, the street yeah, exactly. like we had in southern maryland get a sandwich yeah oh, those wawa whatever sandwiches just, good. Just figured, you just just figure you figure stuff out yeah 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 dude and that's that's one of the things it's when i got done with my baseball career i was like what 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 do i know now what what can i do now what skills do i have but dude like you just said like you learn and you hone so many skills i think the most important one for me is, is how to be a good teammate yeah how to be a good teammate how to work with other people yeah like especially nowadays man when you see this you know in, in news and politics like so much division and so much yeah. of this and that and you know opposite sides and like no unity and it's just like that's one of the things that i learned the most about you know in my playing days was how to be a good teammate yeah how to, how to support each other how to be there for each other how to play you know for each other how to sacrifice yourself you know whether it's laying down a sack bunt or whether it's fucking giving up your seat on the bus or whatever it is to the starting pitcher that day or whatever it is like just learning how to be part of the team and that's i think that's apart from like all the amazing people that i met in my life and all the relationships that i made is just learning how to be part of a team like that's one of the best things that i learned and that's so transferable to any part of your life for sure whether it's work or relationships or family any part of your life
0: you have to sacrifice once in a while it's it's funny you bring that up one of the things I, I kind of miss and this is random and weird but I kind of miss brawls. Yeah. And here's why. N- nobody really ever fought nah. in brawls. Yeah, you know, there were a couple that got nasty, but generally they I, weren't. I think a I tongue. know what you're going to say. Let's see if I know what you're going to say. I loved when 25 guys would all get behind each other and just be like, "Dude, like yeah. y- you threw at our guy." Exactly. You're getting one here and if you come out it's 25 yep. on 25 and it was yeah. it was just it was like you bring up the division side of yep. life now, mm-hmm. it's cool when twenty five guys are all doing it. Yep. At one moment, couldn't they're all more. behind each other. Couldn't it's couldn't like, agree and, more. and it was, it was just an energy that yeah. is weird. And again, not not condoning fighting or no, no, saying any that. It's it's more just than an that. Energy that yeah. like twenty five guys. Like no, it's a support. Yeah, this is our support. this is our group, dude. You yeah, know, you're not doing that. No, no, no.
1: And and you know, just like I was talking about earlier, you know, talking about you know high school and the cliques and stuff like that not everybody on a team is always going to get along. Not everybody's going to be like, some guys are going to be like, man, I'm not too fond of that guy over there or whatever. That's fine. That's life. You're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But when it came time like that where you had to back up your teammates, it was just like, all right, I might not like this guy. We We might not hang out off the field, but it's our team against their team yeah, and he's on my on. team yep, so yep. so i got his back now
0: yep you know yep, and we can I deal know. with that other bullshit later but yep, yeah no now, know, you're right, right it's now.
1: like you when it time came time to
0: unite you yeah you're united yeah you're right there yeah, so no. this is awesome man dude i know this is I know, so I'm good sorry that we ran out of no out no of sunlight, this is man. good yeah. um we always end with like funny stories from baseball time okay. and if you can think of one i'll you know
1: Dude, uh I, I can't say the one that Jim Ed said when he was here, which is the one that where we oh, yeah, pulled yeah. over that's, on. The, that's fantastic. Dude, I had completely forgotten about that. Yeah. Did, completely did you, you win the pull up pull up competition? Uh probably. I'm gonna say that I did. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say that I did. I don't even know, dude, but I, I didn't even remember that. Yeah. It, there were so many oh, I good know. memories right? from baseball. Oh I mean, gosh. That and when I looked at the video, I was like, Oh my god, this this did happen. We broke down like so many good memories, but um one of my favorite memories, man, was I, don't, I can't remember what year this was. I don't remember if it was a year that you were there, but we all. So it was our last road trip of the year. We okay. went. To, we went to York. Um, we had. I forgot who came up with stayed it. Stayed in the haunted
0: hotel. I stayed in the Yorktown ha- I, dude, Hotel.
1: York was one of my favorite cities ever. Yeah, me too. In all of in all of yes. minor league baseball that I ever played, one of my favorite cities. Loved it. I loved it. Love the little farmers yep. market. You can yep. walk to the stadium. Know. The cobblestone streets. Yeah, oh, oh, it was great. It's I old school. It. Yeah, I loved. I loved York. Um, so. I forgot who came up with the idea, but we all put names into a bucket, into like a little fishbowl, each each pulled out a name, whoever's name you pulled out, you had to go to wherever to the thrift, I think most people went to the thrift shop, and you had to buy them the wackiest outfit that you can buy, <laughs> they had to wear it from the, from the haunted hotel yeah. to the stadium, we all walked, walked to the course. stadium yeah, close, yeah. in our wacky outfits, had to walk to the stadium in those <laughs> wacky outfits after the game we all had to go not everybody liked to go out after the game but we were like no you're going out it's our last road trip of the year you're dressing up in your wacky outfit we're all going to the bar together be at the bar with our wacky outfits have at least one beer or maybe if you're one drinking beer you you just had to show up yeah in your wacky outfit and then whatever go back to the stadium one of the one of the best things dude yeah one of the the best like we had travis garcia was dressed up as uh mario uh, as a mario brother (laughs) jeremy owens had like this like affliction (laughs) shirt with these tight ass white ripped jeans um and couldn't be further from that guy oh couldn't be further from that guy couldn't be further i had this wacky outfit that i forgot it was like a turtleneck and some glasses and some suspenders um verge looked like this like fisherman oh it was it was amazing but it just showed I love that memory so much, but because it just showed how much team unity we had. Yeah, like I'm sure there was some guys who were dreading do it. Like me, I I didn't give a fuck. Like yeah. I was walking around naked yeah 95 (laughs) percent of the time in the clubhouse i didn't give a shit what i was wearing outside the field so to me i was excited about doing that but that's not for everybody you know not everybody's super excited about dressing up like a dork and (laughs) walking out in public so i'm sure there was some guys who were just like fuck i really don't want to do this i really don't want to do this but they did it yep because we're all part of that team and we're a team and we did it together which and and especially uh, that that.
0: group it was such a good such a good cohesion was there and so dude even if you didn't buy into that moment you're like i'm doing this like yeah, i'm of part course. of this thing yeah. Yeah, yeah and
1: i'm sure there was some guys like that like ah this isn't really my thing but i love this team yep. and we're doing it together yep. so I I, mean, I
0: I saw those pictures by the way they're fantastic <sighs> dude
1: that's one of my favorite baseball memories there's so many other ones that we could talk for hours about this stuff but that's yeah. that's
0: one of my beautiful. most favorite ones man beautiful yeah well thank you for coming on i appreciate it dude your... thank you
1: so much this was great man yeah i'm so glad we connected again I know. man. know and and so you're in la i'm in yeah, la we gotta we we're gotta, so close by yeah, man yeah. like yeah we'll definitely do some and more if you like, want to coach
0: baseball you'll
1: let me know seriously i'm thinking about it okay i, I think cool. i think i'd be i think i'd be good yeah i think yeah, I'd be good oh, it, so. you, dude
0: you got so much to give to the next generation You're and i miss awesome. i miss being around the game
1: i yeah. miss putting on a uniform and yeah. fucking being on the grass yeah and and it's, like,
0: it sounds silly but it's so dude it's
1: it's i guess if you don't know it you don't you don't get it but like i said i've been before we hopped on i said i've been the last two months at work i've been eight hour zoom calls all yeah, day that's brutal at home working from home i don't even get to see my my co-workers yeah it's been fucking tough yeah, yeah it's been imagine. tough man and i miss i miss being out on that grass and being outside i love being out that's what i love about california yeah you can go outside literally every fucking day and i know it's, yeah, it's yeah, beautiful yeah. weather god damn it i love california
0: <laughs> <laughs> love california man but yeah, yeah dude thank you for having me on yeah, this is yeah. great it's man it's awesome yeah check bl- out behind the masculinity on Spotify, on Apple, all those things. But man, mm-hmm. seriously, it's awesome. Good I love you, man. brother. Yeah. yeah. Love you too, brother. Yeah. Thank awesome. you. Yeah, of course. All right. So, thanks so much for listening. And that was Christian. And, you know, I think the thing that really struck me with that whole episode was I go back to Jim Ed's episode earlier, and we talk about funniest stories, and he brings up a story of Christian doing a pull-up competition with a trucker on the side of the road, you know, as the bus was broken down and, you know, things happen. All of a sudden, Christian's doing a pull-up competition with a truck driver. And, and when I go back to playing with him, I think of confident guy, you know, the guy that looks like he's got everything figured out. And it's interesting to hear him kind of pull back a little bit and say, look, you know, this has been tough. I've had dreams that I thought were going to work out and they didn't. And so I've really had to kind of you know, do some personal work and self-help and and really kind of get back to where, to a baseline to where I feel good about myself. And so again, it's something we can all relate to. You know, life can be hard. Life is not easy. And we all go through those times where maybe we doubt ourselves. But I thought it was really cool that Christian is actually taking steps, you know, with his podcasts, with Behind the Masculinity to try to, you know, help the next generation, help people that are also going through these things. So, um, really hope you enjoy this one. I had a blast, you know, great guy again and, and thanks so much for this.